Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you, Peter. Well, God's Spirit is here in power. I woke up this morning with these verses about God's liquid love. When you have a liquid, it fills every gap. You put something solid into a container, there's still gaps, but when liquid flows, it fills every gap. Ephesians 3 verse 14 says, I humbly kneel in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favour until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine power, might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you'll be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I invite you just to close your eyes for a moment. Why don't you reach out your hands in front of you as if you're receiving a gift. And as David was sharing around communion, it's like I woke up this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit say, I'm going to remove some blockages from people from receiving all of my love. You've received aspects of and encounters of his love. But for many of us, there's, as David shared, there's unworthiness, there's fear, there's busyness, there's all sorts of things that can limit us from receiving the fullness of his love that will fill every part of our being, our soul. And it will overflow. I want to pray a prayer right now for you to receive and be filled to overflowing. And for some of you right now, you'll have the Holy Spirit speaking to you about something that's been a blockage or a covering or a limitation. I want you to release it to God. Just say, Lord, by faith, I release that fear. I release that trauma. I release that competition where I'm not sure whether I'm good enough. Holy Spirit, right now, just pour over this place. Lord, with your liquid love, fill every, every heart. Lord, our whole being will be filled with your amazing love. Our whole being will be saturated with your grace. Our whole being will be renewed and restored and 
released. Lord, I pray that right now. Take authority over everything that would hinder us from living in the fullness of your love. Lord, things from years or decades ago that have limited our understanding of your abounding, amazing love. Release and fill in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's take our seats. Spirit of God's doing his work. How awesome, says, what's happening in America. Spirit of God is drawing hungry hearts. He's hearing the cry of people for freedom. The Bible says, God heard the cry of the people of Israel. Let my people go. He's hearing the cry of humanity right now across our city, across our world, for his freedom and love and power to come and set his people free. We see darkness and overwhelming things, but today Jesus come to set us free. Our theme for this year is freedom. Break free in 23. And I believe God's breaking more and more of us free into new levels of awareness of his presence, fruitfulness in our lives, restoring relationships, breaking free over our souls so that we can live in a place of rest and peace instead of anxiety and fear and worry and busyness and striving. There's a freedom increasing over our lives. And when there's freedom comes, we get free to love and to serve. We just we, we can't help it. It's just overflowing our hearts. And part of our DNA in our acrostic, B-A-Y-S, S stands for service. And God's setting us free to love and serve him by loving and serving one another. I believe he's restoring a love for the body of Christ, for his church. The enemy's tried to steal that. Many people have been wounded in churches, and I've preached this before, that God wants us to love him as the head and to love his body, the church which is you and I. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We sang that in that beautiful song today. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Humility is where you don't have to get all the attention. You just love people and serve people, and you don't have to shout it from the rooftops. You just do it. And if God wants to acknowledge that publicly or in other realms, that's his choice, but you serve humbly in love. Because we don't deserve it, but it's overflowing and we can't help but reaching out. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And we know this scripture, Jesus came to be our example. Mark 10, 43 says, Not so with you, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now we know these scriptures, but I believe it's the Holy Spirit moves in greater freedom. There's a greater liberty for you to love and serve. How many times has God nudged your heart to do something, to give, to share, to serve, to join a team? You say, oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I've tried that and I 
didn't get on with some on the team, so we'll just leave that to another year or to another decade or to another life. Hey, life's too short. <laughs> We've got so many excuses. But Jesus, I've learnt, doesn't like excuses. He just likes obedience. He likes surrender and he loves your heart because he's created you in his image and he's created everyone in this city in God's image. It's just been marred by sin and pain and brokenness. But God uses us to bring healing. Philippians 2.5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And that's what Jesus did. So following in the footsteps of Jesus calls for us to be servant-orientated, not self-absorbed. That's a challenge to our selfie culture today, isn't it? You know, it's great to take photos and we all want to be in the middle of them. You ever notice when you see a photo of a crowd, you see, am I in that crowd? You look for yourself or your family member. That's okay. But when you're self-absorbed, it means you are missing other people's hearts and needs. God says it's okay to be aware of who you are and uh, enjoy the journey of life, but don't be self-absorbed because then you can't see or hear the cry of other people. And God's calling us to be living in freedom. We sometimes don't volunteer to serve because we think we can't do it as well as someone else. We have made the mistake of making excellence an idol by buying into the philosophy, if I can't do it right, I won't do it at all. That's really sad, isn't it? Because none of us are an expert. We all start as a novice. And life, you learn a skill, and guess what? Then you learn another one, you start back as a novice. The journey of life. Parents, you just work out how to raise a toddler, and then they become a, a child going to school, and you just got that hand nailed by about 11, then they become a teenager. Then you start again. And, and, and life's like that. There's always a new step of growth and challenge. So you can't rely just on what you've learnt and discovered and are. We are always growing and expanding. God's designed life like that so that we are in ever-increasing growing and understanding, living in his love, his creativity, his ideas, and uh, to run with them. So don't say, well, I can't do it well, so I'm going to not do it. That's not obedience to Christ. If God's put something in your heart, say, I'm going to learn how to do that. I'm going to get beside someone who knows how to do that. You say, I'd love to help in kids' church, but I'm not really sure if I, I'm good enough. And I just put up your hand and say, how hey, I'm willing to learn. And, and you might, if you've got a heart for it, it means there's probably something God's stirring in your soul. And uh, God, I love all those who stand up and serve in our church, those who serve their community. Some of you had a compassion to help people that are sick, so you went and studied for 7 or 10 or 15 years to become a, a doctor or a specialist. And you are out there serving our community, and you followed your heart. We need a lot more people to follow their heart, not just other people's opinions and what the world says is success. Come on, let's follow our hearts that the Holy Spirit's filling with His love and then wants to release you to be free to serve. He wants you to follow the, what He's calling us in our heart. Tina's had a heart to work with people, broken people, 
what, for about 30 years now, isn't it? You start on the streets of Brisbane with drug arm and, and, and then went to Mackay and then it's been here for 13 years. Because she followed her heart and all the, who knows, all the other steps in between. But because she stepped out and said, I'm not sure how to do this, but I'm going to help and let the Spirit of God flow through me. I'm going to be set free to serve just by having a go. And I reckon Tina's learned a lot more now than when she started out in the streets of Brisbane helping people. But she said, I'm willing to have a go. And I love that heart and spirit. And I see that all over our community. Life's way too short. And every time we see Emma's dad's passed away, and every time I do a funeral, I think, God, life's so short. And it stirs me to make sure I make every day count in my life. You don't have to be doing, 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 but make sure you're being and letting God's love flow through you to fulfill his God-given plan for our lives. The important thing is that less than perfect service is better than the best of intentions. Wow. Almost anything that we do is done poorly at first. That's how we learn by having a go and learning by experience and training how to serve better. God's plan has always been to involve as many people as possible in his work. You know that? In the early church, everyone was involved doing something. And God's plan is, hasn't stopped. And Pastor Andrew Evans, who was a, a real father in the faith, I remember him saying, if everyone in church found their niche and served, we've automatically got revival. Because we're just letting God's kingdom flow and the whole city is impacted rapidly. And I believe there's a powerful truth to that. And God's stirring us. And when we want a move of God, he's saying, I'm preparing your hearts and I'm getting you mobilized to flow in all that I've called you to be and do in the business world, in your relationships, in church life, in ministry. The more that are flowing and doing what God's called them to do, you've got a move of God happening automatically because God's kingdom is being released. Pontius Pilate had an opportunity to acquit Jesus of any wrongdoing. But instead, he called for a basin of water and washed his hands of the entire matter. His attitude was, I'm not getting involved. Hmm, that sounds a little bit familiar with some people today. A lot of people have the same attitude, but not Jesus. On the night that he was going to be betrayed, just a few hours before, Pilate washed his hands in the dish of water. Jesus called for a basin of water and served his disciples by washing their feet. Jesus didn't wash his hands saying, I don't know how to help that family or that person. He got the basin and washed his disciples' feet. Peter objected. I love Peter. Peter objected because Foot washing was a duty assigned to the lowest servant in a Middle Eastern household. And he thought it was beneath Jesus' dignity to be washing people's feet. The kingdom of God is sometimes an upside down world. Have you noticed that? The world has standards of success. Sometimes the kingdom of God tips it right on its head. And Jesus said, hey, just love and serve people. Jesus answered Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no part of me. This is very powerful. Unless I can believe in this much, this much love for me, unless I can and accept 
him by faith as my servant as well as my God, unless I can truly know that it's my good he seeks, then I can't have his companionship. This is so different from the world's philosophy where everyone wants to lead and no one wants to serve. Wow. John 13, 14 says, Now that, that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have, not, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Wow, wow. So here, here's Jesus. On the night he's going to be betrayed, they went to a different place, and I don't know if there wasn't a servant there assigned to wash their feet, but Jesus got and washed their feet. Peter says, no way. He said, if you don't, let me wash your feet. Peter said, well, wash me all over. And Jesus said, no, that's not necessary. Peter always went to extremes. You ever met people that are they're always here, there, everywhere? <laughs> Out, all of me. Jesus said, no, no, the feet will do. I just want to know your heart's in the right place. <laughs> so, I love Peter. Jesus, the king of kings, yet he's the servant of all. Wow. The more you grow in God, you realize how awesome and almighty he is and how intimate and personal he is. That's the beauty of our spiritual walk. We're in awe of his greatness, but we're in love with his intimacy and every little detail matters to Jesus. Just take a moment to think this week where God has done something in minute detail that you would have loved or wished would happen and it did. God could have chosen to just let you have a normal day, but he surprised you with something that was very special. He does that all the time if we're looking for it. This is a unique combination found in the Son of God is also God's call upon us. Truth is often found in the tension of two conflicting realities. And I remember sharing this last year and it touched our hearts, but I felt God say, you need to remind us. Like Jesus, we are both royalty and servants. Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. And sometimes we get that mixed up. I've heard Christians say, well, I'm a king's kid and I don't have to do that. I said, hold on, let's have a look at Jesus. If he's calling you to do it, it's not about whether you're a king's kid. You're a king's kid out of identity, but you're a servant out of assignment. I thought that just keeps us in a healthy right place. And I believe God's calling us to be just aware. Wisdom knows which role to fill at the right time. Intimacy with God is my life source. Before God, I'm an intimate. Before people, I'm a servant. That's powerful, isn't it? And some, some of us don't like people and some people love people. Hey, God will show you how to love and express that liquid love. Many of us get our identity from what we do instead of from who we are. This can often cloud the motives of why we serve and help others. God wants us to experience joy and fulfillment from our serving and giving, but that is not to be the main or only reason why we do it. God's created the church family. What an amazing thing. He could have created something else, but 
when the Spirit got put it, he, he established the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia. Ephesians 4.11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. What for? So they could preach and everyone see how awesome and spiritual they were? No. To equip the people for works of service. That's what leadership's about. So we equip and train and disciple others to fulfill their God-given call. That's the primary role of pastors and leaders and leadership in any role that you are. If you're a connect group leader, you're loving people, but you're helping them grow in their walk with God so they can fulfill their God-given destiny. When we got that right, everything else starts to fit in the right place. And uh, it goes on, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Wow, wow. And I believe God's readjusting his body, his church, so that anyone that's in leadership is a servant leader. Lead by example, but they're a servant leader. And I believe there's an adjustment going on across the body of Christ. This move of God that's happening, there's no key, clear key leader. It's just God's raised up. And yeah, there are people that do teach and share, but there's a, it's a move of God because he's equipping the whole body of Christ. This coming next season of the move of God, I believe, is will always have some leadership to it, but it'll be primarily the body of Christ stepping up and just letting his love and power and grace flow through all of us. That's his passionate heart. And I believe that's what God's doing. That's why some of you are loving this new year, but God's challenging you to get out of your comfort zone. And that's, that's scary. He's challenging us to not settle where we are. And sometimes he puts difficult or awkward people as your new neighbours. Or he sits you beside someone in church who you connect with, but think, whoa, they're going to need some prayer. And you can avoid them next week and say, I'm not going to sit next to them because every time I sit with them, God starts stirring me of how I need to pray and support them. Or you can move house regularly and avoid the neighbours that he's put beside you. But it's much easier just to say, Lord, let your love flow through me and show me how I can be a servant to our city and our community. And then you start to get excited and fulfilled. Let me tell you, when you walk with that attitude, Christianity is never boring. Every now and then I meet a Christian say, oh, I'm a bit bored in my Christian life. And I think, okay, what question do I ask? I said, how's your intimacy with Jesus? And are you obeying the nudges of the Spirit to be a servant to people? And usually one of those is out of whack. But if both of them are happening... Generally, life is not boring. It's fun-filled. It's challenging. It's stretching. Because we've got to live with the stretch of faith. And every time he stretches your faith, you've got to face some fears. And that's what holds a lot of us back. Every time he stretches your faith, some people are going to look and say, what are you up to? You can't work in kids' church. But you say, hey, God's stirring my heart, and I'm going to learn how to do it. Or... Whatever area of service he's calling us to do. We're not going to finish this today, I know that. We're going to pick it up again next week. But I just want to leave a couple more seed thoughts with us. 
how do we serve? We serve in love. Galatians 5, 13, 14 in the message says, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Wow, so selfishness can lead to destruction of your freedom. We think it's, wow, I'm going to be fulfilled. And you have people say, well, I'm going to go on a trek and I'm going to find myself. I'm thinking, well, hold on, who's, who's in front of me? You don't have to go and find yourself. God's already found you and he's now helping you discover what that looks like. There are seasons of change, but maybe you're here today and say, I'm not really sure about this Jesus stuff. You've been searching for life and love all your life, but today, let me tell you, you've found him here. And he wants you just to open your heart. There are people here who have once walked close with Jesus, but you've been on a journey. God said, hey, come on, you're in the right place. And so it says, rather, serve one another in love, and that's how freedom grows. Wow, we want freedom to grow. Let me tell you, if you keep loving and serving God and people, freedom keeps growing in your life. Lisa's nodding her head here. She's found how powerful it is going to Africa and facing all those challenges. But you found God's love just got bigger and deeper and wider and more people's lives get changed. It's just by being who you are. Some of you in challenging family situations where you've got loving people and, and sometimes kids with disabilities and, and real challenges around us. But let me tell you, if you keep serving with a right heart, freedom will keep growing in your life and the limitations that have held you down will be pushed out of the way. And God's calling us, drawing us, empowering us, compelling us, saying, come on, arise. Come on, let love flow through your soul. Don't stay settled. Don't hold back out of fear. Don't compare yourself with others and say, well, I'm doing more than them already. Hey, Jesus says, what lane are you running in? You don't have to run in someone else's lane. Don't compare yourself with others. I learned a long time ago, that's a very limiting, self-focused and often very negative way to live life. Let them run their lane, you run your lane and we'll both see an amazing journey happen. Don't be competing, comparing, saying, well, I'm more spiritual than them. Hey, you're only as spiritual as your obey obedience to God and His Word and His Spirit in your life. Don't compare yourself with others. Encourage one another. Spur one another onto good works. That word spur means to actually irritate one another. Uh-oh. God sometimes puts people beside you who just passionately love to pray. And you sort of squeeze in a 30-second prayer on the way to work or school. God will put them with you so it can irritate you to grow and change. What do we do when someone irritates you? We avoid them or push them aside. Or we avoid the subject whenever they bring it up. God sometimes puts some people that'll be files or irritators so that you don't stay comfortable where you are. Some of you don't go to connect groups. You think, I'll get too challenged. I remember years ago we had this a couple came to church and then they stopped coming and I met them down the street one day and I said, we've missed you. Haven't seen your church for a while. Oh, they said, it's an awesome church but every time I come there I get so challenged to change. So what did they do? They just avoided coming. You're laughing but some of us have done that too. We've stepped back when God says, come on, step up and see what I'll do through you. 
But we can take the easy road and say, oh, boy, that's too challenging. Well, God's saying, come on, I'm stirring you. The Spirit of God isn't just our comforter. He's our guide and our leader. And He's the Spirit of truth says, come on, arise out of that fear. He's irritating you, stirring you to arise. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but someone, someone, God's stirring your heart. Don't resist it. Find your lane and run in it freely and fully. And when you're running your race, there's a few hurdles pop up in the way. You didn't see them when you started. When you come around the bend, there's a hurdle. If you're not ready, you crash into it. The good news in the race of life, when you crash into a hurdle, God doesn't send you back to the starting line. Someone think, well, I've failed, so that's it. No, he says, pick yourself up. Let me heal you. Get your focus again and let's run again. And that's what God does with us. He doesn't say it's all over, it's too late. No, He gets you to stand up and start running again. And this time you're going to run with your eyes more wide open, looking out for the next hurdle. And watching out in case a runner runs in your lane. Sometimes people will cut into your lane. Just love them and make sure you nudge them back to their lane if they'll do it. But if not, you just keep running your race. But love people. Don't get judgmental or critical and say, oh, they're doing it wrong. Hey, you make sure you're doing what God's called you to do. And if a doorway of relationship opens, you can be that support and encouragement. Whoa, God's good. How do we do it? Because we serve in love. A couple more and we'll wrap it up today. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid, Christ laid down his life for us and we've got to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. And I thank God for this church that is learning to do that in overflow. Some of you have done it for decades. Don't give up on being that hospitable person. You used to regularly invite people home for lunch after church, but life's got busy and you went through some uh, sickness issues. Hey, God's saying, hey, come on, step back and do what's been fruitful for years. Start reaching out, connecting again, doing what God's good. Some young people say, well, I don't know where I fit. When I was young, I just had to go at everything. Marilyn and I, we were in everything, eh? We were serving in just about every department of the church. And then over time, God started to focus us where our real strengths were. But we just showed up with the church doors were open. I was there. I was single, had the time to do it. Then you get married and have kids and other things. You've got to focus in on your pathway. But I've always had a heart for service. My dad and mum, they always went to church. My mum was the, the organist. So if she didn't show up, we had no one to play music. Dad was the one who prepared and distributed the communion. So if he didn't show up, there was no communion. So they were faithful and taught us to serve. On Saturdays, he'd pull the mower out and says, we're going to go and mow the, the lawn at the church. And we do that. When we first started, I had a push mower and it was Kaikia and you'd be start pushing, you'd end up over the bars and in the, in the grass. But my dad said, and then one day he bought a, a powered motor mower. That was, that was a great day of celebration. But it taught me you serve the church and you serve the community in love. If we had some spare potatoes or grain, he'd be sharing it with the neighbours. One of the guys was an alcoholic and, and his farm was in chaos. 
I said, when I got a bit older, I said, Dad, why do you give him food and grain? He's, he's wasted all that alcohol. He says, Jesus said to love the people around us. I thought, okay, that sorted out my little judgmental thoughts about the neighbour. I don't know if he ever got saved or not, but it taught me share what you have. Not what you don't have. Sometimes we feel guilty, so I'd love to help if I had. God says, no, that's okay. Don't condemn yourself. Just share what you have. And if you do that, God often gives us more. We love God and others because he first loved us. That liquid love flowing in and through our lives. Your love is relentless. Love and serve people, but don't always rescue them. Sometimes we get that one mixed up too. We've tried to help people and we were rescue them. Some of them didn't want to be rescued. We used to take people into our home and love them and then they'd disappear with some of our furniture, you know. And <laughs> We learned quickly there was ways to help people but not to try and rescue people but to disciple them, which means help them grow in Jesus and become responsible for their own lane of life. And we learned fast. <laughs> but we didn't stop helping people, we just got a bit wiser. So don't try and rescue everyone. The Spirit of God's the only one that can change the heart, but you can be a model, an example, you can pray for them, and you can reach out and sow seeds. And God's the one who changes the heart. Worship team, come on down. Next week we'll pick up with Serve Wholeheartedly, and Mary Lynn's going to also share some areas here on serving so we don't get burnt out and overloaded but we can flourish and continue to be fruitful and keep on serving for months years decades and I just think God there's fruitfulness so we'll look at serving with our whole heart serving so that we don't get overwhelmed or drained but today I just feel the spirit of God saying hey come on I'm lifting the lid on some of our lives I'm challenging you there's some young people here you know God's changed your life. One of the best ways to grow in freedom is to start to get beside others and help them. Share what you have and then God will give you more to share. If you understand how to read the Bible, get beside someone and say, hey, this is how I read the Bible and this is what's helped me. And so you learn to teach people. I say, I'm not sure how to pray. We're getting together for prayer tomorrow morning. Come and join us. And that's how you grow and pray. Troy's a great prayer. I don't know how many people you've discipled in prayer, mate. But you just keep on keeping on. And all of us have our journey of service. Let's stand in his presence today. Before we finish today, I just want the Spirit of God to touch our hearts. He's already been speaking to our lives. When we close our eyes again, that's just to close out distractions. It's not being religious. It's just close out distractions. What's the Holy Spirit been speaking to you today? During our worship time, during the communion, during the uh, watching the video of the move of God and through the word of God, and what's he been stirring your heart with today? All he's asking is for you to lean into him and say yes. Not to try and work it all out, but to say yes. Maybe stuff's happened, there's pain or disappointments and you've become too self-focused on your own struggles and the Lord says hey I want to heal and fill your heart with my liquid love so you'll have more than enough to give maybe today here you've never really opened your heart to Jesus or it's 
been a while since you've experienced His love. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.